Welcome back to 5050 Films. I'm Autumn. And I'm Peter. And this is our second episode of this week. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to talk through the two movies that we actually watched for this week. Um, and then instead of a media break, we are going to give some recommendations, kind of end of the year recommendations. Like if you were to only listen to one album, only watch one movie, that sort of thing um, by the end of the year. So we'll get into that in the middle. But first, we're going to talk about Peter's pick for the week. Quasi is a 2023 satirical comedy film starring Broken Lizard, the comedy troupe made up of Kevin Heffernan, Jay Chandrasekhar, Steve Lemmy, Paul Soder, and Eric Stolansky. At the beginning of the movie, the story is revealed to be a retelling of The Hunchback of Notre Dame. In, the, in this story, Quasimodo is a humble torture chamber worker an inventor who wins a lottery to gain an audience with the Pope. Before the audience, he catches the eye of the not-yet-coronated Queen of France and is ordered by the king to assassinate the Pope. During the audience, he is told by the Pope to assassinate the king, becoming fully embroiled in their plot. By the end of the movie, Quasi gets the girl, his cousin, and becomes king of France. The Pope and the king kill each other, and everyone else lives happily ever after. This movie is not Broken Lizard's best movie. You gave it a 3.5. Yes. I gave it a 2.5. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, you know, there were some jokes that were funny. Some stuff I thought was funny, at least. Um, but and most of it just kind of fell flat a little bit, you know. And I don't know why that is it just i don't know i i i think it's just because i'm i'm not a, I, maybe i'm sick of learning about uh maybe maybe i just didn't like the the theme see and and you know? I, I think that's what ruined it for me is that i really <sighs> am a big fan of like fairy tale quote-unquote retellings um and but there's something like i can't suspend my disbelief to a certain level, um, when they're modernized, if that makes sense. So I think about, like, Rosalind, which we watched, which was yes. a, a Romeo and Juliet retelling, um, that was kind of similar to this, in that, like, they still dressed the same, and the setting was the same, but they talked a little bit more modern. I feel like the modernization fit that story better, um, and in this story, it really, like, took me out of it. And I think because... And this, this is maybe stupid. I am, I'm actually a big fan of the Disney Hunchback of Notre Dame movies. Yeah. Um, and I just didn't like how stupid they made Quasimodo in here. I, I just like didn't find that appealing at all. Cause I, I, I don't like, I'm not invested in the story if he is not the like underdog kind of character yeah and in this i i guess he was but he like really wasn't he like has his best friend throughout the whole movie and they're really close and people like throw shit at him at the very beginning of the movie but like that ends really quickly and then he's just he's also like the star of the torture chamber he like created the rack which is their their most prized torturing device and he he ends up winning this um ticket and this audience with the pope it's just like i don't know I don't know. Yeah, it had a 
you know, this movie's got, like, very middling low reviews on pretty much everything. I, it, it felt like if you let the guys who wrote a Hallmark movie get really drunk when they were writing the Hallmark movie, and then just, like, and, and they just, like, were, like, we're gonna put a lot of F-words in here, we're gonna, it's gonna be gross, we're gonna make, a, it, it was, like, Broken Lizard's comedy, but in the, with the Hallmark story of a Hallmark plot, movie, yeah. a Hallmark-level movie plot, which I'm, you know, I, I think that's a fair assessment, and I think that, um, despite the fact that I've liked several movies that these guys have done a lot, this was just... Yeah. Um, they haven't done a whole lot of movies. They've done like six or seven movies, I think. And I kind of want to watch their other ones that I haven't seen. So I've seen, at least at this point, I've seen four of them. <laughs> and there's only like three I haven't seen. Um, but I don't know. This movie made me think of my mom in, in, the, <laughs> in the weirdest way. I know. that With no context, that sounds really weird. This is the sort of movie that like my dad would ask my mom to watch with him. And she would sit through the whole time and just say, this is so dumb. And that's how I felt watching this movie. I like felt like we were my parents. Yeah. And I was my mom. And I was just like, this is so dumb. Because there's a certain level of of comedy that I don't, I can't, you can't gender comedy. But there's just like a certain type of comedy that I feel like appeals more to men. Mm-hmm. And I just, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. I didn't find any of this very funny. Yeah. I, mean, there were, I thought there was some funny stuff. But, yeah, a lot of it, you know, it's it's the, like, uh, kind of bleak violence of the, of, of, of the, like, 13th century or whatever this is supposed to be, to 12th century. Which, like, yeah, I mean, it's the Middle Ages, or, or it's, you know, <laughs> like, what are you gonna do? I mean, you know, there's you know, there's a lot of the violence themed stuff, right? At the very end, there's a very it's like a, it's like half graphic, but it's not it's it's only graphic in that it's disgusting. It's not really graphic as in like it's super gory, but one of the guys balls get na- get nailed to a stump. And then there's a lot of visual gags around his ball still being nailed to the stump and somebody tries to drag him away. And, and I thought that was kind of funny. But that that's that's funny from like a, like a oh God, like you can feel it perspective, you know. I, I, I don't know. I, I yeah, I, I thought it was just, it was, it was super middling. Um, but I laughed a couple of times, so. I felt really dumb, I will say, at the end. I, I don't know anything about Broken Lizard, and yeah, I've not yeah. seen any of their other movies. And I did not realize that they were all playing multiple characters. Yeah, they each played two characters yeah. during this so movie. That was sh- and then when it, they showed it, I was like, wow, I am an idiot. Because it was so clear. Yeah, like, super obvious. Yeah, but it just, I did not catch that at all. So props to the, the costume department. If nothing else, I feel like they did a really good job of like making the same four dudes into, like, eight very distinct characters. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, 
The um, I think so. I, I think I read that this movie got pitched uh, midway uh, while they're working on Super Troopers three. So I can see that <laughs> as like a. And what if we should, what if we do something goofy and low budget that'll get us some money and we can continue working on bro, or on other stuff? Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was fun. Um, did you recognize any of the actors? I don't think so. Kevin Heffernan, who plays Duchamp, uh-huh. um, plays uh, uh, what's his name? He's the bus driver in Sky High. Is he really? Yeah, huh. yeah. Ron, is it Ron or something like that? I don't know. I don't know. You're more of a Sky High stand. Yeah, or... yeah. Sky High, a fantastic movie. Um, and yeah, Kevin Heffer, which I thought was hilarious when I, when I realized it was him, I was like, holy shit, like, that's the guy, he's from Super Troopers, like, that's so awesome. Um, yeah, oh man. What <laughs> else has Steve Lemmy been in? Steve Lemmy? Um, I don't know, a decent amount of stuff, I'd say. Uh, I can't think of any other Ron Wilson bus driver. Oh, right, right, right. Um, Because uh... his, his name sounds familiar, but I don't know that his face is familiar. Um, Steve Lemmy, I'm pretty sure, if I'm correct, he might have been in 90210. What I want to say he was in, uh... No, I'm thinking of the wrong thing. Nothing. I'm not seeing anything that he was in that we've watched. Okay. Um, yeah, mostly just Broken Lizard stuff. Yeah, that's it. Oh well, <laughs> I I I thought he might, he looks a lot like a couple other actors. He's got this like that kind of face, um, where you might confuse him with uh. With a couple other guys, um, uh, I, I thought he might have been Reno, re, might have been in Reno nine one one, but he's not in Reno nine one one, which is a comedy series. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, would you? Jay Charmer Sakar. We've seen other stuff though. Sorry. Would you recommend this movie? Uh, I mean, if you got like an hour and forty minutes to kill, and you might, you know, and you're bored, uh, if you're drunk and you're with your your boys in the frat house. Then yeah, sure. Throw this on. You're probably gonna get some laughs out of it. Everyone's gonna go oh at the balls nailing scene, um, you know. But yeah, it was it was good enough, you know. Especially if you're a fan of Broken Lizard, right? You know, if you've seen their stuff before. Yeah, I feel like you have to at least be a little bit interested in the style of comedy. Yeah. To really get anything yeah. out of this. Yeah, it's all very goofy. Um, I will say, I'm probably never gonna watch it with you, but there's one of the movies called Beer Fest. Um, I think between Super Troopers 1 and Beer Fest, those are like their best two films. Um, and in Beer Fest, there's a, there's a, a whole bit of a plot line where Kevin Heffernan's character dies. Um, <laughs> he just, he dies. Uh, he, he drowns in this vat of beer that they're brewing. Um, and at the funeral... <laughs> because they, they need another man for their... For their beer pong squad or whatever it is. And at the funeral, his identical twin brother shows up. It's the same actor. And he just goes, why don't you guys just call me Moose? <laughs> It'll make everything a lot easier. <laughs> they basically kill off the whole character. And he shows back up as his brother. <laughs> they just like, it ain't a bit easier we just call you Moose. <laughs> it, it, I don't know. It's really, it's, I'm, I'm not 
describing it as well as it, it as hilarious as it happens in the movie. Anyway, whatever. Okay. So this is going to be a random recommend, which we haven't done in a while, or a rapid recommend, or whatever. Which is actually hilarious it. because we we did the we did the media break yesterday, right? Which is really funny because technically we've done some major milestone media break stuff in oh, wow. the in the night of. That's fine. We'll save it for next week. Yes. So the whole premise of this rapid recommend is to recommend things for um, the end of the year. Yes. So if you're only going to watch one movie for the rest of the year, these are a recommendation. And by that, I mean one more movie. Not like you watch the same movie repeatedly <laughs> until the end of the year every time you feel like watching a movie. I mean, there's only a month left. <laughs> yeah, but that's just a lot of movies. Um. If you're only going to watch one TV show in its entirety for the rest of the year, um, this is a TV show. If you're only going to listen to one album, if you're only going to read one book. Um, so that's what we're recommending here. So, Peter, if our audience of approximately seven people <coughs> yes. was going to watch the diehards. one more movie this year, they were only going to watch one movie between now and December, what would you recommend? They're watching Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. This movie's fantastic. It's top 10 for me. It's so fucking good. The humor is awesome. Um, it's PG-13, so you can show it to kids, you know, basically. Um, it has, like, so many good actors at, like, the prime of their life. They're all young still. Chris Evans is in it. You know, it's just fantastic. It's so good, that, and, and the, it looks cool. Like it, it, it looks awesome. The art style is great. The animation stuff is great. Fantastic movie. Okay, so for my recommendation, I actually went through the 2023 releases that we watched this year and picked one out of those, and I would recommend Flamin' Hot, which is a movie we watched earlier on in the year about the creation of Flamin' Hot Cheetos, and it is just the most wholesome, fun story about the most, like, optimistic inspiring dude uh and if you haven't seen it i i recommend you watch it by the end of the year it's an it's a new release that you don't want to miss out on tv show oh tv shows next okay mm -hmm. um i have a diehard as well on this list futurama just watch futurama who cares you know who cares about other shows watch futurama you know, who cares if you have to catch up on Lupin and Sex Education and Welcome to the NHK and, and uh, you know, all the seven other shows you've got taped to the wall behind you. But, like, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, just, just watch Futurama. It, it's it's the comfort rewatch, all right? There's something about Futurama that feels very, like, Christmassy to me, too, because when we watched it together, right when we moved into this apartment, we were watching it around Christmas. <coughs> yep. We binged that shit around Christmas, and it was great. <laughs> the TV show I'm going to recommend is the K-Drama Business Proposal on Netflix. It is so fun. It was my first ever K-Drama, um, and I need to watch more, but I haven't yet, mostly because the episodes are really long. Um, but if you are looking to get into K-Drama or to start one, I really recommend Business Proposal. It is so funny, but it's got really endearing characters that you'll you really care about, and it's got a fun, like, workplace setting, which is something I always love. Album? Album, for me, is the album I've listened to the most this year, 
Um, Back to the Water Below by Royal Blood came out a couple months ago. Um, and it was like the only thing I played in my car for like two weeks. Uh, it, it It's 31 minutes. It's fantastic. And you can just repeat listen to it because none of the songs are... None of the songs like like drop in quality across the album, um, and they're all basically the same genre, where you know some albums will be like, like this one's like extra crunchy, and you're like, I no thank you, I wasn't looking for that one, but cool that you put it on here. Um, no, it's a great album, fantastic, and it's half an hour long. Hey, come on, it's perfect. The album I'm gonna recommend is The Good Witch by Maisie Peters, but specifically the deluxe version that just came out in October. Um, Some of my favorite songs from this one are Body Better, You're Just a Boy and I'm Kinda the Man, Lost the Breakup, Holy Revival, Guy on a Horse, and The Song. Um, And I recommend the deluxe version specifically because almost all of my favorite songs on that album come from the bonus songs that she added in the deluxe version. Book. I am going to recommend the first four books of the Stormlight Archive. I've you read, haven't read I haven't them read all. two of them yet, but I'm on my way through the second book. Um, and if they're as good as the first book, uh, what a fantastic way to burn time. <laughs> you know? Um, it, it's just, it's they're so good. And I'm, it, it doesn't feel like it's dropped off. Uh, some important events in the beginning of the second book that I'm like, mm, I don't know about that. I was kind of hoping that... This would happen a little longer, but that's fine. Uh, so we're figuring it out. Um, and it's it's just good. It's critically acclaimed. And uh, there's a reason it's critically acclaimed. You know, if it had to be one I've already finished, it would be The Expanse. But you already knew that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be really, really basic <coughs> and recommend Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yarrow. Specifically because that book has taken over the internet this year. So if you're only going to read one book, specifically in 2023, I feel like that's the book to read because that's like the book of 2023. It's a Dragon Rider school book. I did not, it was not like a five-star read for me. Um, I think I gave it like four stars, Um, but it was super fun. And it reminded me of like when I was younger and getting into like the Hunger Games and all of those sorts of um, <coughs> books at that time that were super popular. Um, it was just fun to like get to be part of a, a phenomenon like that. So I specifically recommend that one for this year. I actually just bought the sequel, um, but who freaking knows when I will read that. And do you have any games? Uh, yeah, played Baldur's Gate. Um, you played Baldur's Gate? No, I said play Baldur's oh. Gate. Uh, Baldur's Gate 3. Um, it... I will admit, I don't have... I, I'm not a huge fan of the DM in Baldur's Gate 3. Um, and by that I mean when I have, I have a glitch that screws with my turn. Or whenever I um, hit a story beat that I'm like, I would have done that differently. Um, but that's my fault for being a forever DM and um, playing a video game based on the tabletop game I played for eight years um, isn't really fair. Um, but, uh, for the most part, uh, it's fantastic and you should absolutely play it because it's just a, a great sandbox to just mess around, particularly with friends. If you want the narrative experience, play it alone. If you don't give a shit about the narrative experience and you just want to have a really good time with your buddies, play it with your buddies. Um, I didn't do the narrative experience. Um, and then, and the bits that we did get were, I think probably less good because of that. Cause I didn't really give a shit about any of the other characters except for the ones we kind of saved. Um, and now we're doing an evil run where we kill everybody. So, it should be fun. Yeah, play that. 
Snow Dogs is a 2002 adventure comedy family film starring Cuba Gooding Jr., James Coburn, Nichelle Nichols, and Joanna Bacalso. In the film, Miami dentist Ted Brooks learns that he is adopted when he receives notice that he's been left most of his birth mother's possessions in her will. He travels to Alaska where he learns that said birth mother was a sled dog racer and he has inherited a champion team of dogs. Even though he does not particularly like dogs, Ted soon finds himself learning to sled in order to prove his birth father wrong about him. By the end of the movie, he saves his birth father after he is ridden off into a storm and brings him safely home. Ted ends up marrying the bar owner and his birth mother's former boss, Barb. They're the same person. I worded that weirdly. And they stay in Alaska and open up a new branch of his dental office together this is a very nostalgic movie for me so peter gave us three stars i gave it four stars but a full star of that is the nostalgia factor and i am aware of that this is not a fantastic movie but i loved this movie when i was a kid i loved any i i couldn't have pets and i love i've always really loved animals and i loved any movie about dogs specifically and this one's super fun because there are so many different dogs in it and so I remember like my favorite parts were like when they would um do the feeding and you got to see like which dog matched up with which name I always like that and then there's that one point where he has like a fever dream and the dogs are laying in beach chairs talking to him like I always really loved that part um yeah this is just a very nostalgic movie for me Peter had thought he might have seen it um, but he no, has yeah, not. I watched Snow Buddies, I think. Yeah, or maybe Eight Below, or maybe... It might have been Eight Below, actually. Yeah. That does sound familiar. Fun fact, the, the IMDb page was saying that a lot of the dogs in this movie are went on to then be in Eight Below. Because they were already trained and they oh, already said dogs. Of course they yeah. did. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you think of this movie? As someone who had not watched it, it was as fine. a child. There were some sets that I was like, this is like... One of the worst constructed sets I've ever seen. He says it was fine, but he made fun of it the entire time. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yes, you did. Did I really? Yes. Yeah. Uh, there was, the snow looked really fake in some of the scenes. It was really bad. Um, and, oh, yeah. I mean, the whole beginning of the movie is just like Cuba Gooding Jr. Essentially, Cuba Gooding Jr. screaming is the entire, like, Whoa! Oh! Whoa! falls over Whoa! it's it's very dramatic <laughs> their airplane does like three flat spins like as it hits the ice like Whoa! <laughs> it it lacked a degree of realism that i for some reason expected a disney movie from the early 2000s to have um Especially one without any fantastical elements, aside from the fact that they face morphed the um, the lead sled dog <laughs> constantly, which was just oh, and at they, best kind of dumb, at worst terrifying looking. And they, they put Cuba Gooding, Gooding Jr.'s face on a baby at one point. <laughs> yeah, that was demented. I don't know why they did that. That was gross. Um, it was weird. It was weird. Uh, but, you know, for the most part, you know, uh, avoiding the... The, 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 you know, Disney... So this is like the Disney Channel level of a Hallmark movie, basically. Stop it. I mean, you know, we... <laughs> we went... The first movie we watched was if Spike did a Hallmark movie. This is if Disney did a Hallmark movie. 
kind of, you know? Which a lot of Disney Channel original movies were Hallmark movies, essentially. They're just less focused on... family films. Yeah, they're less focused on a witch marrying a lumberjack and more focused on a dentist um, learning that he loves Alaska and sledding um, and falling in love with... uh, like someone who appears to be at least some sort of Alaskan native. I'm not mm-hmm. entirely sure. I don't want to make that assumption, but like, yeah, that was basically what it was. Um, <laughs> a good witch. <laughs> Every Hallmark movie ever is a good witch. The Christmas witch. Ugh. Anyway. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I didn't hate it. You know, that's why I give it a three, right? Like, like as, dumb as some of the scenes were and as like it, it felt so early 2000s uh-huh. and this is like i said i love this movie as a kid but i have not watched it in many 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 years so it was it was kind of like watching it for the first time in a lot of ways um and it yeah it feels so early 2000s it's 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 something about the acting style like it's a little bit overacted uh-huh. over dramatic um, which again is like maybe a Disney original sort no, of thing too. I, I think if you watch stuff like, uh, stuff like, um, Groundhog Day or other, you know, other stuff from around that time frame, um, you'll see that that's like a very, it's a, it's like a distinct style. Yeah. Right. And it, and I think it has something to do with how they mic'd everybody and how, um, and how things were filmed. Right. Um, because I think they were doing a lot of more active miking. There were some scenes that were very obviously ADR'd in this movie. Um, but, like, you know, like... And maybe it's also has to do with some of the actors. Some of these guys are, like... These are, like, act- classic actors in this movie, too. Right? Like, my favorite character, Brian... Played by Brian Doyle. Just a random, you know, townie, right, with terrible teeth. Um, Brian Doyle's in Caddyshack. He's in Groundhog Day. He's in... A lot of Bill Murray movies, actually, it's like almost like they're friends, right? And I think they actually did a special together, like they were friends, you know? Um, and, like, I, that dude has such a, you know, identifiable voice kind of thing. And I can't do it justice, even as I'm sick. Like, I mean, there's just a way they talk to each other and how they and how that kind of happened. And I, I, I bet it has to do with how cinematography was back then or, like, how the, the tech side went. But, like, I, yeah, I don't know. It does have that charm to it that I will agree. You know, it has that, like, distinct back and forth. Cuba Gooding Jr.'s parts were a little... That was the Disney part, mm-hmm. right? You know, like, he, it's very clearly he's he's the Disney actor in this movie. And everyone else is just kind of, you know, his supporting cast, right? Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I, I probably derailed it, didn't I? No, that was perfect. I don't. It's, it's hard because I don't have a ton to talk about with this movie. Yeah. Um, it made me really happy. Yeah. I, I find that I like get really, and I get this way with books sometimes too, especially at this point in the year. Yeah. I'm like really searching for those like really great viewing and reading experiences before it's the end of the year, and we like pick our top ten. I like want to add more on my list, and there's just a lot of pressure with that. I yeah. feel like. Um, and, and I sometimes get discouraged. Like I was just working on a spreadsheet and I had three, two to 2.5 movies in a row (laughs) between the Adams family and ghost in the shell. And I was just like looking at that and like so discouraged because I don't want to like keep watching two star movies. But at the end of the day, that's like not what this is about. 
It's literally just about like watching more oh, movies. Yeah. Um, obviously, I want them to be good, <laughs> good movies. Yeah. Um, but there was something like really nice for me to just be like, you know what? I'm going to watch something I've seen before that I know is going to make me happy. And it's probably not going to be the best thing that I've seen, but it'll it'll be nostalgic and it will be fun. Um, we're crazy people and just put up all our Christmas decorations. Um, in early November, and so we were able to like watch the snowy movie with the Christmas tree plugged in, and it's just I don't know, it was super cozy. Yeah, it's interesting to get your take because like I don't know. Again, this is a movie I don't know if I'd recommend it. Um, to grown ups specifically. If you got kids, this is fine. You yeah, know, throw I, it on. I feel it's probably like... better than repeat Encanto. You know. Hey, Encanto is fantastic. A good movie, but I'm sure if you heard Encanto 30 times in a row, you'd be like, I want to kill the family Madrigal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would definitely say this is a a good family movie for what it is. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's good for kids and it's not going to drive you crazy as a grown-up yeah. to watch it. Um, but it's it's not... It, it, it Like we were saying, it does feel very early 2000s. It doesn't yeah, hold very up Very early 2000s. I, I looked it up. Groundhog Day was 93. So I think that the, this does fit in that, like... Yeah. It, it's it's so early in the 2000s, it's basically still a 90s movie. Yeah. Right? Um, oh, I forget. We did a comparison a while back, didn't we? I don't this, remember. It was for action movies, I think. And it was Probably. something to do around uh, Escape from New York, how it felt like it was like a 90s movie, but it felt like it was the 80s. And then we watched, uh, what was the other one? It was uh, the Schwarzenegger Mars movie. Um, you know, I don't remember action movies. I know what you're talking about, but I don't know the name. Yeah, uh, Total Recall. And uh, that that was a 2000s movie, but it felt like a 90s movie. Right. <laughs> like, there was that that whole, you know. But yeah, yeah, it feels, this one feels, you know, early 2000s feels like it's still in that 90s style. You know what caught me off guard about this movie? It's actually, so many scary things happen. <laughs> That, like, as, it's funny, like, because he's constantly, like, being drug around by the sled. Yeah. Like, at one point, he duct tapes his hand to the sled because he fell off, and then they're just, like, dragging him around. Um, he is on broken ice all the damn time. He's falling off of cliffs. Like, really scary. <laughs> There's a point where his Cessna's on, like, it's supposed to start to taxi, and there's a 737 landing on the strip behind it. This movie came out one year after 9-11, and they had a, these planes are going to collide at the airport joke in it. they probably filmed it beforehand. They could have taken it out. So many things took out the Twin Towers or other stuff regarding the Twin Towers after, especially in 2002. Yeah. You know? So it's like, it's crazy to me that... That 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 um, that near airplane disaster happened in this film. I feel <laughs> like, like it's so different, though. It, it is, but like still, you know, it, it, you you have no idea how crazy it was back then. Like, there's you. We were kids. I was like seven. No, you weren't. In two thousand two, yeah. No, you would have been like five I or six. I turned six in two thousand one. I was born in ninety five. Yeah, I know. I and I was born in ninety seven. We were little kids. Yeah, I mean, I was little. But like I, I've learned, I've, I've read a lot about the kind of stuff. Like they, they, they changed a lot of things. They, 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 uh, they postponed a lot of movies, like action movies specifically, because it was like, is the American public ready for this? Like Halo, the first Halo game got like delayed or a little bit because not like it was crazy. Like I, I don't know. I just think that that that's crazy that there was like a near an airplane accident because of how everything was. What I was trying to say, sorry, was that there. 
there is often like funny almost like circus kind of music going on <laughs> while yeah. these like really scary like <laughs> natural disaster life altering experiences are happening to this man they just like put some comical music in the background and it lightens the mood i guess um because watching it as a kid i don't think i like thought about those parts that much obviously i was there for the dogs as an adult i was just like this is terrifying <laughs> <laughs> like his his birth father like drives off into the storm in the middle of a race uh because he wants to get ahead and everyone else is bunking down for the night and he <laughs> takes that as his chance and then he he ends up like freezing in a cave and his dogs are like laying on top of him to keep him warm and his his son has to come save him i don't know yeah i i yeah i mean honestly it, it's like the like if you change the music in scooby-doo it would be like scarier yeah even, even with the goofy art style like mm -hmm. they're being stalked by like murderers essentially yeah people who think, <laughs> who think that the music doesn't matter like they it, yeah. it can change the entire movie totally change the scene right like it, you know and i think scary movie you know those like parody movies mm -hmm. does stuff like that right where like you know it, the dip, a woman being chased with a guy or by a guy with a knife is totally different if they're playing like benny hill music mm -hmm. as opposed to you know the like ominous like yeah. tone shift stuff like yeah it's totally different and they they totally make it a goofy carnival instead of the the <laughs> the terror of of near accidents or especially the ice like yes i think I was this man falls in the ice he falls into frigid water and in the middle he, of winter in Alaska. And then he just, like, can walk back. Yeah, he gets out and is walking back. Like, he's not on the sled. Yeah. He's, what? This is Cuba Gooding Jr., Florida man, all right? Also, could not even, he was frozen after riding on a snowmobile, like, the first day he was there. He, like, got stuck <coughs> to his future wife. Um, as she was driving the snowmobile because yeah. he's not used to being so cold. And it, listen, we lived in the south for three years now, right? We lived in the north for our whole lives before that. It's hot down here, and we're not even that far down south. Uh -huh. You know? Yeah. Like he's in Florida. That's basically yeah, the bottom of Florida that. is essentially the tropics. I couldn't handle Alaska, even if we had never lived here. If we had only ever lived in the north, like no way I could handle it. And, and and like there's no and people who people down here will have parkas on when it's like sixty five. Yeah. <laughs> they can't they can't hang. It's a yeah. it's a blood thickness thing or yeah, something. Yeah, your body's not used to like, it. So like this man just popping up to Alaska and then surviving a plunge with all his gear on into frozen water with no way to I was a Boy Scout. He would be dead. <laughs> he would be dead. Because if that happens, you're supposed to take all of your clothes off and dry them in a fire before you're able to put them back on because you will just, you will contract hypothermia. Right. And you will die in the snow. <laughs> like, it's just not, it, do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Like, you're gone. Sorry, bud. We haven't even talked about Nana. Oh, yeah, the collie, the border collie. Yeah, his mom has one dog who's not a sled dog. Yeah, not Although a working dog. She eventually does end up um, leading his sled team because he sells the dogs to his birth father, but the birth father really only wants the lead dog. Demon. Yeah, and so when he goes out to search for his birth father, 
he needs a lead dog, and so he uses his mom's border collie, Nana, who's just a, a little sweetheart. Yeah, the border collie, super nice. The border collie, so nice, it's kind of messed up that he went back to Miami without Nana. Yeah. Because, like, clearly the other sled dogs are working dogs, and they should probably remain in Alaska. Yeah. Right? My, it'd be, it would be torture would to be bring them to Miami. cruel and inhumane, first off, to ship them, uh-huh. and second off, to put them into that climate after they're so used to their natural yeah. one. Nana is a border collie. Border collies can live anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they got shaggy fur. But it's not like super warm fur, you know? Yeah. You can have a border collie anywhere you want to, you know? And he's just like, and and he loves Nana very Mm -hmm. clearly, like very much likes Nana. Why? Why, Cuba Gooding? Why would you do that to Nana? (laughs) Or monster. The the most well-known line from this movie, which which Cuba Gooding Jr. uh, relays very dramatically, is he's on the phone with his mom. He's just found out. Um, who his father is and there's only one black man in the town um, and he shows up assuming just assuming that's his father um, and it is it is not that man just wants a free dentist appointment um, and so he finds out who his father is and his mom calls and she's like oh how is everything up there and he goes oh everything is white including my father <laughs> in like the most dramatic voice um, and that's, that's like the quote from this movie. <laughs> oh my God. And she has like a clutch of pearls. Yeah. She's funny. She finds that, uh, so funny. She reminds me, she's got, um, Barbara Howard energy yes. from that film. Yeah. Oh, uh, so I think that's it for this week. Uh, it was fun to get to share this movie with you that I had loved. I, I had this on VHS. Wow. As a kid. Yeah. Um, Whew. So I think that's it for this week, and we're finally back on our normal schedule. So yeah. you'll hear from us again next Wednesday. In the meantime, you can check out check out our Instagram. It's 5050 Films Podcast. <laughs>